Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. Go with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of St. Luke. I want to talk to you real quickly just on the subject, lessons from a last second salvation. Lessons from a last second salvation. Now, I know some people don't believe in deathbed salvation, but the thief on the cross did. However, I don't believe that you ought to try to just barely skate in. The last thing I want somebody to ask my family when I die is I wonder if he made it to heaven. I don't want that looming over their heads. I want them to be able to say like I say about my mom and dad that if they didn't make it, I don't stand a chance. Amen. In the Gospel of St. Luke, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Verse uh, Chapter 23, verse number 32, reading from the New American Standard Bible. Here's what it says. Two others also who were criminals. They were criminals. Were being led away to be put to death with him. We're talking about Jesus. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him. Now if you notice that in the capital letter H means Christ or God. Him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by, looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Son or the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there are also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself. And us. But the other answered and rebuking him, the other one he's talking about, said, Do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly. For we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he, and he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Father, help me convey what you've placed in my spirit for this morning in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I want you to get this picture in your mind that it's Friday In Jerusalem, the smell of death is in the air. 
And outside the city wall, just north of the Damascus Gate, in a place long reserved for public executions, three crosses stand beside the road. A crowd has gathered that day, but not that crucifixion was unusual, but this day it was a little bit different. This day, an unusual man was being crucified. We know him to be, because of history now, we know him to be Christ, Jesus, the son of David. And on either side of him hung two men who were crucified with him, and it may appear that these two men are exactly alike. They're both criminals. They both have been condemned by, by whatever trial it might have been, and they are being put to death. And they were both criminals, sentenced to die together, and at the same place, at the same time that Jesus was being crucified. Now, both men were dying and would be dead, but no one could look at them and tell any difference as far as their crime goes. But in reality, no two men could be more different. These two men were crucified on the outer crosses, differed with one main point, how they viewed the man in the middle. That's what set these two men apart, is how they viewed the man in the middle. They saw him differently and therefore asked different things of him. The one man wanted escape. One man said, if you're the Christ, get us out of here. He wanted escape, but the other man wanted forgiveness. One man wanted escape. One man wanted forgiveness. And what that brings me to my first point, which there is an amazing faith that comes in this, in this story. It's not a fairy tale. It's not just a history lesson. It's reality. That one man had amazing faith. And let's look a little bit closer to these men, the man who wanted forgiveness. Because if there was ever a man more in a desperate situation, I don't know who he is. Now, some of us think we're in desperate situations. But, man, this guy was in desperate situations. He was hung on the cross. He knew that he was hours away from death. I mean, he wasn't on death row. He was sitting in the electric chair. He was about to die, and he knew he was about to die. He knew he was being brutally crucified. He is dying in agony for the sins that and crimes he had committed. He is guilty, justly punished. He deserves to die. And he knows, you know, I was reading over my, my notes this morning in the early morning, about 6.45 this morning, and the thought came to me, and I thought, I'm not probably not going to say this in church, but I decided I would. The thought came to me, would I rather kill a sinner or a Christian? I said, well, I don't want to have to make that choice. But you know, at least if you kill a Christian, you know where they're at. You kill a sinner, you might know where they're at too. But let me just go on record. We're not going to kill anybody. In case you was wondering, we're not going to kill anybody. Bump your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Put that thought away. But he knows that by sundown, he's going to be dead. He deserves to die. He knows it. Am I talking to anybody? I'm going to tell you right now, man, I deserve hell. 
but thank God for his amazing grace. I deserve punishment. Thank God for his amazing mercy. He's guilty, man. His case has been tried. The judgment has been announced. The sin is carried out. All purely legal avenues have been exhausted. This man is as close to death as you can come and still be alive. Now, at the last moment, he makes a final appeal, not to the, not to the Supreme Court of his country, but the Supreme Court of the universe. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, somehow... This man is bleeding and naked and yet he believed that he would someday come into his kingdom. Someday he looked at Jesus but he didn't see a criminal like the other one saw. He looked at a man and said, I don't know what it is about that guy but I believe that he's going to come into his kingdom and Jesus, when you do, Remember me. No man ever looked less like a king than Jesus did that day. Yet this man, this this criminal, saw him as who he really was. He saw him as the Christ. He saw him as Jesus. This is made more amazing when you consider that this man had none of the advantages of the the disciples that we know of. As far as we know, he never heard Jesus preach, never heard him teach, never saw him heal the blind, raise the dead, raise the lame. You never saw him do this. This man missed all the outward signs of Jesus' kingship, yet he believed. That's why Jesus said it is more blessed to believe. He says some believe because they have seen the miracles. Some believe because they have heard the word. When you put the totality of words together, you can clearly see how great this man's faith is because this man, he said, this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 41, this man has done nothing wrong. Faith in the person of Jesus Christ. He said, remember me, faith in the power of Christ. Just remember me, Jesus, faith in the mercy of Christ. When you come into your kingdom, faith In the kingdom of Christ. But yet some of us sit in here. And wonder if we will ever. If if we're truly saved. Some of us wonder. Can he truly forgive our sins? Some of us wonder. Yet we've seen the goodness of God. We've lived in the goodness of God. The, The dying thief didn't know. And I love. I love that all he said was remember me. He didn't have the church lingo down. Aren't you glad you don't have to speak Christianese to get to Jesus? You know, this morning I I walked by Melody who speaks Spanish. And I think I said, Dios te bendiga, which means bless you. Bless the Lord. What am I saying? Bless the Lord, right? Bless God. And so that is a greeting in, in Uruguay. They go, Dios te bendiga, and they kiss you. And I'm not all about that, but because the men kiss me too. And I'm really not about that. But anyway... Quick story. I went into the interior of, uh, uh, of uh, Uruguay when I first went, and they had never seen, or they had, uh, I, I went into some regions who had never seen a white dude. 
in person. And at that church, the kissing started here and winded up here. I told none of the men. But I asked my interpreter, I go, dude, she just kissed me on the mouth. And he goes, they've never seen a, a, a blonde-headed gringo. I said, I didn't mind that, but when she slipped me the tongue. No, I'm just kidding. You never know what I'm going to say. But, but what I'm saying is when I'm in that country, sometimes I don't understand the customs. I do now. I've been enough. And sometimes I can't speak the language. I don't speak enough language to, to, to know. And so it's hard for me to communicate. And some of us think that you can't pray because you don't have the right words. You hear somebody praying who has served God for years and you think, well, I, 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 don't, I don't have enough experience. You know, one of the things that I do here on stage with our worship team, I'll have, I'll have different ones pray. And today was Emily Foster, which is the youngest on the team today. Uh, it was her time to pray. And she goes, oh, I knew this was coming. And she prayed for us. And, and, and she, prayed, she prayed, fine, great. But, you know, some of us are intimidated because we don't know the right words. This criminal didn't know the right words, but he had the right heart. And that's the key right there. He didn't know exactly what to say, but he did say, Jesus, remember me. I remember we was in the old church. Some of you might remember this, a couple of you, that, that there was this young guy that, or, uh, uh, he was my age, got saved, and he and his whole family got radically saved, and he would sit on the front row, and, and I would be preaching, and people would be amening, and he didn't know the lingo. He just jumped up and said, you go, boy. But I knew his heart. I knew what he meant. He meant, you're doing good. Keep on preaching. This man hanging on the cross didn't know the lingo. Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Lord, all the things. He didn't know all that. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't know all that he was asking. But before sundown, he received far more than what he expected. Think about that. He didn't know what he was asking, but he received more than what he was expecting. The thief on the cross was dying for his sins. A guilty man justly punished. He cried out to Jesus. And at the last second, he was saved. An amazing grace. You know, I listen. I remember almost 20 years ago. We were a lot smaller. In a different time. I was called at about 1 in the morning. The family in our church, their son had been in a tragic car accident and he was a drug addict, and he was a hellion, just to be honest with you. And he was flown to Tampa General, and he was asking if I could come. And I thought, well, I've got church in the morning, but uh, okay. So I went down there again. It was a different time. I walked in, and the people let me back to see him before his own family. Different time, because I was a pastor. And I went back there, and this was my first experience with Beth dead, or deathbed uh, uh, salvations. And I went to him. And I called his name, and I asked the Lord, Lord, just show me a sign that I'm getting through to him. And I bent down and began to talk with him, and I said, I know you can't, hear, I know you can't speak to me, but if you can hear me, unless God does a miracle, you're going to die 
tonight. That's how bad it was. I said, and if you die the way that you were, you're going to bust hell wide open. Pastor, yeah, if you don't want the truth, don't call me. And I said, you're going to bust hell wide open. I said, but you have the opportunity. I said, I know you can hear me. I said, I know you can't pray this prayer. But if you will think along these lines and ask God to forgive you of your sins, I believe that he will do it. And at that time, his eyes under his eyelids started twitching. And I prayed the prayer with him. And a tear came out of his eye. He had no, and I, so I didn't even tell the family. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to tell the family that I was that rough. And they said that he had no other movement for the rest of the night and died in the, the, the next morning. Do I believe that he made it? I do. I do. Deathbed confessions or whatever you want to call it, man. What am I saying? I'm telling you that God wants you in heaven. God died so that you might receive life. But why do we want to live our life in a position of I hope that I have the opportunity to make it right before I die? And I'll tell you why, because some people think that this Christian life is not worth living. I'm telling you, I've lived it for 35 years. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest life I've ever lived in my life. Do I still have trouble? Absolutely. Why? Because I live in a fallen world. But I am still so blessed. And no matter what I go through, I've got somebody who is stronger than me, somebody who is anchored more than I am, that I can turn to, and he lifts me out of my situation. It was an amazing faith. Point two is an amazing grace. It's not as long as the other one. How do you know this thief was saved? We know that he was saved by the answer Jesus gave him. He said in 43, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus told the thief that he was going there that very day. Jesus did not say you'll be at the back of the hall. My God. He didn't say you'll be out on the porch. He didn't say you'll be on the back 40. He said, wherever I am today, you will be with me. (laughs) Glory to God. I don't care. You could be a rock gut drunk. You could be a, a, a drug addict or a drug dealer. But when you say yes to Jesus, you have just as much right to be by the Savior's side as I do or the better Christian than me. Glory to God. Jesus did say, he said, wherever Jesus was going, this thief was going to be right there by his side. Jesus is promising that this thief, who has lived his entire life in crime, will, upon his death, be transferred to heaven, where he will be in the personal presence of Jesus Christ. Truly, this thief received much more than he asked. Point number three. Lessons of hope and encouragement. There are three of them. One is this. I'm just going to hit them real quick. I take three lessons from the hope and encouragement from Christ. Number one, it's never too late to turn to Christ. I don't care how. You're pushing me, Charlie? I don't, I don't want to go that fast. Go back to point one. There it is. I, it is never too late. You know, I, I look at Gypsy. And Gypsy, how old were you when you accepted Christ? 59 years old when he accepted Christ. 59. And I'm, there, there was... There 70, 72, 75. 
You know, I, I, had, I had the privilege of being Ron's pastor when he gave his heart to Christ. And I had the privilege of baptizing him at 70-something. Amen? It's never too late. Can, can I use y'all for just a minute? Listen, his wife played and was part of a worship team for years, but he never accepted Christ. And and I think we've had a conversation about it. I don't know why, but I know this, that at over 70 years old, he decided to give his heart to Christ, and he's never been the same since that day. Can I just tell you that it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Well, I'll get saved when I'm older. No, don't waste your youth. Point number two is this. Or not point, but whatever. Even the very worst sinners can be saved at the very last moment. Hallelujah. As long as there is life and breath, as long as your heart still beats, the invitation still stands. Those of us who are praying for our loved ones should take great comfort and great hope in this principle. Sometimes we look at people and say, they're just too far gone. Don't, I, I do want you to raise your hand, but don't point at them if they're in here. How many of you have looked at somebody and go, they were, they're just too far gone, but God, but God, but God turned it around and saved their soul. Amen? This man had lived absolutely a rotten life, yet he died a Christian. It happened by the grace of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter where you've been sleeping or where you've been drinking. It doesn't matter who you've been hanging around. It doesn't matter what sins you've committed. You can be saved now. (laughs) I love those people who go, well, the church would fall in if I came, and then they come and get radically saved. I love those. Jesus died for the worst of us and the best of us. Did you hear that part? We think, yeah, they need to be saved. But if you don't know Jesus, you still need to be saved no matter how good you think you are because good people go to hell. Pastor, I don't believe that. Keep believing it. Point number three is this, or last one. God has made salvation simple so every person can be saved. Man, I'm glad you ain't got to have a PhD to get saved. I'm glad you don't have to have a master's degree. I don't, I'm glad you don't have to quote the whole Bible. Matter of fact, the more, the more I use my smartphone, the dumber I feel. I can't remember Scripture like I once could because I can just look it up so easy. I've come by to tell you that salvation is simple so that everybody can be saved. Consider what we have in the story. This man was never baptized, never took communion, never went to confession, never went to church, but yet still God was right there as a last second salvation. He said, if you will call on him, he would hear you and answer you. For this man, there was no way in but through the mercy of God. He wouldn't have got in any other way. He was pardoned before he, before he lived a single righteous day. Think about that. You ever seen people, you know, I know some people, in my opinion, who deserve to die. And I've asked God, Lord, would it be possible to use me as an instrument of your hands and take them out? Right? 
I'm just being real. Yeah, some of y'all can't handle this. I'm just being real. There's some people I would just like to take out. I got a list. It's a running list, as a matter of fact. I'm not going to share who it is because there's too many sheriffs here in here, deputy sheriffs in here. And they're, yeah. Papa said, you look this way too much. No, you're not one of them. You were, but I took you off the list Wednesday. I'm kidding. But in one transforming moment, a man who was not fit to live on earth was made fit to live in heaven. And that's what Jesus does for you and I. That's what he does for you and I. His grace is amazing. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, in that moment, we are saved. So a question, a simple question in closing. Are you ready to die? We're not going to make that happen right now. The way I've been talking, I don't want you to get nervous. But if you were to leave this place, you know, on the way to, on the, way to the church this morning, at around 6 o'clock, I don't know what had happened, but there was a bad wreck. They had a section of 19 closed off. Everything was dark. The church was dark. I, had, I sat out in the parking lot and ate my breakfast in my truck so I could have air conditioning. But if you were to leave this place today, nobody plans on getting in a wreck today, and I hope, I pray to God you don't. Nobody plans, nobody plans their day that they're going to, you know, oh, I think I'm going to, you know, get into an accidental wreck today. and die. No, nobody plans that. But my question is, if it happened, do you know? Not I hope. Do you know where you would end up? Pastor, you should do that on another day. This is early Sunday morning celebration Sunday. Everybody's saved in here. No, no. I, I don't care who you are. I want you to answer the question for yourself. Are you ready to die if it happened today? And if you don't, then you need to ask him like this criminal did. Jesus, remember me. I love Romans where he says, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And I just want to ask you the question. If you don't know Jesus, I give you my word. I'm not going to embarrass you. And maybe you're, maybe you're here and you go, Pastor, I know him, but I'm really just not where I need to be with him right now. And if that's you, would you just slim, simply raise your hand and you can put it right back down. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week.
here at CRCOG.